Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. Before this video starts, um, before it started, I double clapped. And I used to always say the double clap signifies the start of an episode, and that feels like ages ago, man. It's crazy. I just, it's weird. I've been telling Jack a lot, like, reminiscing on, like, how many podcasts we did it seems like a blur honestly and um that might be a result of me just being so locked in my head for such a long time but I don't know so it's just it's weird like I've been having flashes back at the warehouse and uh at Phoenix but I can't really remember interviewing people it's just it's weird anyway so guys today when I started making the movie years, almost years ago, I guess 18 months ago, there was no one really before me who had tried to do something similar, tried to make like really like a mini motion picture on virtually zero budget in the movie world in their own city. And I thought I would make a video about five things that questions I probably would have asked myself beforehand that I've done now that I think will help benefit a lot of independent filmmakers um, or just people who want to make a movie or have questions about the movie. And hopefully moving forward, I can answer all your questions about the actual film itself and not just the production aspect, like the actual content in the film. But for now, uh, I have five things that I just, I think would be generalized questions that most young filmmakers would probably ask about how the fuck did they do that? How did they pull that off? Um, so before I begin, just want to say a couple things. One, the movie is out now. I'll put the link to it right below, uh, the YouTube link, watch it. It's 48 minutes, super quick watch. And, um, we're just right now focused on trying to get more eyes on the project. Truthfully. Uh, I just, I need to get those numbers up for the most part. I'm super grateful for everyone who's been tuning in. But I'm trying to put myself in a position where I can make a much bigger, more legitimate project. And I have a feeling that investors, the first thing they're going to look at is like, okay, how many views does this have? We've checked off pretty much every single box besides views. So we're trying to see if there's going to be a bigger page that will pick us up. Because I would like to make another big movie. I don't know when exactly, but we have the concept for it and we have the screenplay being developed right now. A lot of questions up in the air right now. So I'm just trying to get my stuff done every single day. Now, with that being said, let's start. So five points, five questions that I think filmmakers or young filmmakers could really benefit from on and kind of what I learned through the process. So I think number one is first question is, how did we get money for the movie? So I think that's a lot of young filmmakers biggest hurdle because they're like, we cannot get started without the money. We can't, we need the money to get started. So my approach was a little bit different. I figured, all right, listen, we've made tons of little videos, short films, podcasts on virtually no money for an incredibly long time. How do we fucking hustle? Just kind of get the train going before we raise money. So I had worked for like three years while I was running this podcast and I'd saved up most of my money. Didn't really go out on Friday or Saturday night, saved up a ton of my bread. And then eventually when it was time to shoot the movie, I really had no concept of how much it was going to cost. I had made so many videos for like zero budget or no budget. So 
I'm thinking like, yo, if I can get like, I don't know, 10,000 bucks to do this thing, I'll be in good shape. I had zero concept of how much this was going to cost. I didn't know how much VFX was. I had no idea how much a colorist makes, editor, nothing. And in retrospect, I understand now, two years later, 18 months later, money is incredibly important, incredibly important as a catalyst for a project like this. It just helps accelerate things. If you can make a quick financial decision, like, okay, do that. It's going to move us forward. I hope that makes sense. But yeah, so when we started making the movie, I had no money. We just had the plan to go shoot it. And we we're like, all right, we'll try to shoot it on no budget. Then I realized, okay, we need a little bit of bread. Now, as you guys know, I've been hustling in Boston for a long time. I just know a lot of people now. And I just figured, okay, we're going to try to make a Boston-centric movie. This is going to be a tough pitch. But why don't I just try to get bread from people I know and try to provide some sort of value to them? So I reached out to everyone, a lot of people I had on the podcast who run businesses. And I was like, listen, I'll physically place your product in our movie if you give me bread. Kind of like a product placement, what Coca-Cola would do in a Transformers movie. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, so I started reaching out to people, got tons of no's, tons of rejections. And um, then I just started chipping away at it. I was like, you know, maybe I'm asking for too much money. Maybe if I ask for like a minuscule amount of money from some people, maybe they'll give it to me. So I started just asking for a thousand bucks from a bunch of people. Again, I had zero concept of how much a movie actually cost. I literally had no idea. And, um, yeah, so I started asking for a thousand and I reached out to a bunch of Boston brands, companies. I think I got around like, I don't know, seven or eight brands on board, maybe less, maybe like four or five. And then I had, I, that train was going and it built my confidence up to ask for a little more money. So I started asking for like 5,000, 10,000. Um, and I think what we, we had netted total for the movie is less than like, 20k probably less than 20k and I ripped through it so fast so fast paying people I had no idea what to pay people I had no clue like what someone should make I really had no idea I was down to get the movie done to make zero money for a year I was fine with that this has just been an idea forever and I mean that's essentially what happened um so yeah, I had no idea. I ripped through the, I want to say like 15,000. I ripped through the 15,000 super quick, super quick. And then I just had all my own bread stacked up and I started spending my own money. And it was incredibly scary every single day. Every single day did not leave my mind like, yo, I'm really just pouring money and I don't even know if I'm going to return it back, but I know I got to get this movie done. Does this make sense? So I was just fucking pouring money, just fucking pouring my own money, um, saved up a lot of my own. But that cushion of bread that I had gave me a lot of flexibility because I'm spending my own money. I don't have to check in with anybody else. I'm like, all right, let's just fucking go for it. So that's what happened. That's how we got the money pitched to Boston based brands. And I had a lot of my own bread. I do not know how much the, the whole thing cost. I mean, you, I could go through my Venmo history, but that's essentially what happened. Um, so that's number one. How'd you get the money? Number two, how did you get the visual effects done? Because the visual effects kind of look like a Hollywood movie. Um, yeah, the VFX really took the project and gave it that Hollywood feel. Undoubtedly. That haze environment, 
that whole explosion sequence, it really gave it that, that feel. And truthfully, um, VFX is insanely expensive, insanely expensive. And I did not know that. So when we had started, I knew one VFX artist and I, I'm just learning as I go here, like how much does this stuff cost? How do they work? It's an hour by hour basis. Okay, cool. And soon, um, soon I'm learning like, okay, these dudes make like a thousand bucks a day. These VFX artists, I don't have that type of bread. How do I get this done? And so what I realized soon was one destruction visual effects are the hardest and most comprehensive types of visual effects. Cause you have to dissect every frame, like very small. Then I learned, okay, all these VFX artists, they get into visual effects cause they have a love for sci-fi and VFX movies. No VFX artists get into the game because they're like, all right, I want to work on bank of America commercials or fidelity commercials. So what I soon learned is like, Oh shit, these dudes never get a movie pitched to them, especially in Boston and smaller market cities. They all want to work on movies, but they've never had the opportunity. So I realized in that position, I could pitch, be like, listen, I can't offer you a gazillion dollars to make this movie. I cannot do it, but I can promise you that this movie is going to be amazing. I'm going to bleed out of my eyes to get it done. And I can promise you that's going to be a great look in Boston. And I can also promise you that it's going to be a fun project to work on. And I'm going to give you like every shred of my hustle and my being. And um, I probably set up about, I don't know, like 20, 30 Zoom meetings with guys I just found on Vimeo, Vimeo Reels. And pretty soon I, uh, I had a couple who were down to do it because of that reason exclusively they don't a lot of vfx artists don't have the chance to work on movies and they want to they want to build their reel up so essentially i had like i don't know three four or five different artists lining some zooms up and what i was looking for specifically is i knew a lot of like non-studio vfx artists sorry about that a lot of non-studio VFX artists, they won't do destruction work. So it's very hard to find people who do destruction work because I wanted to destroy Boston. But I did find in ABOT, I found, oh shit, those dudes had done some storm clouds. And I knew I needed like a fog or a haze. And I was like, okay, there might be a little bit of relevance there. Hope that makes sense. And uh, yeah, so that's what we did. I, uh, Me and Alex kind of just went back and forth for a while and kicked it off and now we're boys. It was awesome. It worked out. And yeah. So for any young filmmakers or like people who are trying to get like good VFX artists to work with them, just know that, just know that all these dudes want to work on movies, but they don't necessarily have the opportunity to. So why would working on this project for less than their normal rate? Why would it be a good idea for them? Okay. Number three, how did you get onto a streaming service? Because rewind. Number three, how did you get onto a streaming service? Now, a streaming service, just that connotation, like, hey, I'm, our movie is on a streaming service, is a great look. You know what I'm saying? It's fire. That's like the pinnacle of where you want to bring your content is onto a streaming service. Now, truthfully, that was never my intention. But 
this is what happened. It was always my goal. Let me let me preface by saying this: our movie was picked up by Showcase Now, the the uh, the streaming service and app that Showcase Cinemas provides. You know, our movie was also in Showcase Cinemas; it was streaming theatrically. Now, the question was, how did you get onto a streaming service? So. I knew all along with the movie that I wanted to get it in. I wanted to sell it the biggest theater downtown and I wanted to get it into 20 more theaters. I missed my mark in the 20 theaters because along the way I learned that theaters were not a great look. Anyway, so while we were producing the movie, I was trying to get in touch with all these head, head of programmings at these big theater companies. AMC, Showcase, Regal. You guys remember I had the guy at Regal on the podcast. I had a guy in the, on the AMC board on the podcast. And um, I learned that Showcase was a Massachusetts-based company. So I started emailing their C- CEO and COO and couldn't get a hold of them. Eventually, I met their head of programming over there. And they were excited because they're a Massachusetts-based company. They're like, oh, shit, someone in our city is making a movie? That's awesome. So I just being the persistent psycho I am, I just fucking kept in touch with them. Just kept in touch with all these people while we were producing the movie. And I invited all of them to the premiere as well. So the rep over at Showcase was going to come, couldn't make it. But I had met with him over the summer when the movie was almost finalized. So I had met with him in person at one point. And... Yeah, I just, I kept in contact with them. Then they had heard about the premiere. And after they heard about the premiere, they were like, okay, you want to get into our theaters? Because I called him like right after the premiere. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to get in your theaters. Excuse me. He says, okay, we'll set up a screener. So essentially we pitched our movie to them. We showed up at one of their theaters. We played it. They came out and said they liked the project. But because the length is shorter, like 48 to 54 minutes, they were like, we don't really think this is a good look for theaters because it's short. And people, when they show up to movie theaters, they just want to sit in their theater and just like enjoy themselves for like 90 minutes to 120 minutes. So they said, but we do have a streaming service. We have an app. We started up in COVID. Would you like to put the project on that? And I was like, 100% bet. Let's do that. So that's how that happened. The theater company coincidentally had a streamer, but... What I will tell you guys is this whole time people have been saying, yo, you should make your movie 80 minutes, make it 120 minutes. No, all of these streamers, they just want content that people are going to watch for online. But theatrically, listen, you cannot get a movie into theaters if it's shorter than 80 minutes. I tried desperately with every single company but from the pure fact that our movie was short, they would not allow it in their theaters. So I implore you, if your goal is to get movies into theaters and you want to make an incredible project and put it in theaters, make sure it's longer than 80 minutes. I would shoot for 90 to 100 minutes. Make sure it's good, but 80 to 100 minutes, you have to be there to get into theaters. Online, different story. Now, next question. How much of the movie was autobiographical? Um, This is just to help people. Um, 
I just think it's always been easiest for me to write from experience and from a point of just my own perspective. So a lot of the movie was super autobiographical. You guys know that if you followed me for a long time and it just made writing the movie much easier. So, I mean, that's my little writing tip if that helps you out at all on the next movie, I will not be writing it. Um, I've given a lot of concept help, but I need a writer on the next one for sure. And again, I have no idea right now when exactly the movie is going to take place. I do know what I want our next feature film to be. And I know I want to shoot it in Massachusetts as well. So that's what's going on with that. Now, final point. This is just for us. What's next for GDP? Can't be sitting around like a slouch. Um, I've had a bunch of thoughts on where I want to take it and like some of my goals in life and what I want to get done and how I can really help people. One thing I've realized through this whole process is I just am really good at put, getting people together, getting the right people together. And um, I think I can help out a lot of people with that. I also think I have the skills to make a way bigger movie. So those are the two things on my mind right now. I kind of have been so locked in on making this movie though that I'm kind of feeling like I want to throw some parties. My mind could change pretty soon, but I'm thinking about, yo, Bonnie, how could you throw some pretty fucking sick parties in the city? Or do you want to stay in the city? You know, I'm having 25 year old thoughts like most people. You know, I've been at this for like five, six years now. And I don't know. Just, I would be lying to say if I think I have it all figured out. I don't, but I know I want to be successful and I know I'm going to get there. And I know. I'm just nuts. I know that too. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't always know. I know where I'm going to end up. I know exactly where I'm going to end up because I'm not going to quit until I get there. Leading man of a Marvel movie or billion dollar film franchise. But I don't know how I'm going to get there exactly. I don't. But I'm confident I can do it. And now you guys know, that's been my goal the whole time. The movie was my goal. Now that's my, like, by 40, I'd say actually probably 35. Next 10 years, I want to be the leading man of a billion-dollar film franchise. And um, some will call me delusional. Some will call me crazy. I'm used to it at this point, so thugging it out, brother. Now, that's that. I hope all that – I hope that helped people out. Yeah, and listen, for anyone who wants to make a movie – you are not going to learn jack shit in film school unless maybe you go to like USC's producing program. You've got to get on set, brother. You got to pull your own set together. You got to just go fucking do it. You can't, you're not going to learn anything on YouTube. You might, you might pick some stuff up that you can bring with you to set, but you have to actually get on set and apply these things. And just like anything, you just got to go do it. Go do it. You're going to catch some L's. Just keep it fucking moving. And, uh, yeah. Now, again, plans with the movie right now. Just want to get some more eyeballs on it. And that's that, brother. Hope that helped you guys out. Feel free to give the movie a spin. This is me with my producer hat on and not my creative hat. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope it helped. All love. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait. Was that not it? Hey, enter. Just, you forgot to enter.